I'm the fat, fabulous, and funny Nay the Great, and you're listening to Broken Bougie the Podcast. How is everybody today? It's a beautiful Sunday. It's like 85 degrees. Me and Ben are in this living room baking, but I'm grateful because the sun is out. Sun's out, skin's out. Summer's really my season. It's really my season. I look like yesterday. (laughs) <laughs> Last night I went to Platinum Jam 2000, hosted by Platinos and Color Greens, the podcast, and there was another partner there that I cannot uh, pronounce, but it was it was pretty lit. It was in Brooklyn at Lightspace Studios. The venue is really nice. It's like this all white venue. It has like it it has a very t- early 2000s feel. It's all it, it reminds me of Belly. It's all, it was an all-white venue, and then it has, like, these kind of wraparound steps to where the DJ is. Almost like, I call them mansion steps. Yeah, like the steps that wrap around to where the DJ is. The only down part was that it was one bathroom, and it's not even, like, um, separated by gender, which I don't mind. But it just is one bathroom, and it was, it was a nice amount of people there. Um, everybody came in their best early 2000s uh outfits mainly jerseys and sneakers i'm broken bougie so i wore satin and gold heels i was giving kimora lee fat kimora lee seven simmons baby fat era gold body chain long side ponytail uh i will tag the pictures when i upload the episode but it was a good time the djs stuck to the early 99 2000s uh music I wish there was more R&B, though. There was a lot of R&B there, and it wasn't a lot of R&B played. It was a lot of, like, hip-hop. I mean, well, not hip well, rap, I, I guess. Um, it wasn't a lot of R&B, so I wish it was more R&B because I feel like everybody was making babies early 99-2000s. Um, and when I was getting ready for this, I had a couple different looks. I, I wanted to go, like, long braids, Alicia Keys, but then I was like, who's going to take these braids out, right? <laughs> so that didn't work. And then I was gonna go with Bantu knots, and then my mother, my mother told me I didn't look like look enough like a hoe with Bantu knots, so to go with the ponytail because all the women then look were hoes. She's like, it's a hoe look, and I I am about serving hoe looks, so I just went with the long side ponytail, and of course, I don't know if y'all can tell by now, but my aesthetic is pink, <laughs> so I had on a whole pink outfit with gold shoes, pink eyeshadow, pink lip gloss. I was very, I, I mean, I think I killed it. Bamboo earrings, I killed it. Um, Shaw from the Safe Space was there. And the whole plot to nose and collard greens family. It was really, really good. I had a good time there. Um, I was disappointed because um, there were a lot of, there were like no black girls there. <laughs> no there were black girls there but i felt like and it hasn't like i'm not disappointed that it was majority dominican women because they are um, black in their own right too but i was looking for more i don't know i just wanted to well, i wish more black girls were there so i guess that's they just need to reach that base or figure out a way to reach that base i was also disappointed because there was a um like a twerk contest and so I am there twerking and I'm sure I'm like the biggest person there and it's another two girl another two girls in front of me. 
And I'm sure my ass was moving just as fast as hers. And the dude on the mic just, I feel like he played me. So I was really disappointed about it. Uh, I feel like he played me because he, like, was mentioning everybody else standing in this circle but me. Girl in the blue dress, girl in the Bulls jersey, girl in this, girl in that. And I'm like, I'm not standing here. And I don't know if that's because I was fat or if I was black. So I can't really call it. But I know it's probably either or. Um, so that disappointed me a little bit, but other than that, I had a good time. I shouldn't have wore heels, and I knew that, but, like, it was a look. So I had to. I did. Yeah, I don't... I didn't take them off. You don't take your heels off in the middle of the street. Or, like, when you're out, I don't know if this is... This is obviously not girl code for everybody, because I see a lot of y'all walking around barefoot on concrete in New York City, which is disgusting. But girl code for me and my friends, you don't take your shoes off. Like, you're going to walk through it. If you have to limp through it, you're going to limp through it. Like, that's how that goes. And I didn't t- I didn't take my shoes off until I got back to the house. And, like, not even in the building. Upstairs, key through the door, door locked. Then I walked, sat down. I even took some, like, selfies before I took my shoes off. Yeah, because I had to. So... But I shouldn't have wore heels. And I knew that, but it was a look. And I felt like I have the only ups I have are suede. And it was so hot yesterday. And I was like, I'm not going to wear suede ups. I just didn't. I didn't. I I wasn't. I wasn't going to do that to myself. And I was wearing all pink and my ups are red. So I was like, well, girl, these gold heels are going to have to work. But I was giving Kamora Lee Simmons, so I was happy. Um, feet was hurting. But we sat, I sat down, like, periodically throughout the party um a lot of us did because i think me and essence might have been the only girls in neighbor hills on now it was like it was a couple of girls in neighbor hills on um essence is good uh as whose house i was at i just left there um i woke up late so i was i was late to the session but something happened to me on my way on my way to the session which caused me to change the whole episode and i was going to do the episode about um like summertime and like you know the 10 things you need to have like a great broken bougie summer but i'll save that for another episode i'm gonna do this episode on fat phobia because people so i'm gonna tell the story about what happened to me um on the on the way here in a second but i a couple weeks back uh there were some a string of tweets um also a, a couple of tumblr posts and some other things on social media and things talking about fat phobia and kind of like a lot of people were kind of scoffing at it and laughing at it because it sounds funny the name is funny and which I don't think is that funny um I think it's I think I don't think fat phobia is that funny at all (laughs) I don't I don't think the word sounds funny I don't I don't know because there I think people have uh stronger folk like phobias to other things that are like in my opinion I'm just gonna say it dumb like, people have phobias to, like, onions or phobias to, like, peanut butter or phobias to, like, stairs or, like, 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 I'm, I'm gonna get shit for this probably at some point, but that's just how I feel, and I think fat phobia is a real thing, and I, um, felt like I needed to clear, clear that up for people, and I wanted to do it on this podcast, so, if you are listening to this podcast, or and if you're not, and you know people, <laughs> if you know people who are not listening to this podcast, and you know, and you know they're fat phobic, 
or need some clarification on it, please d- direct them this way because I will be the one to clarify that for you. So fat phobia is our $15 word of the day. So our $15 word of the day is fat phobia. It's a noun. <laughs> um, so the proper definition of it, it's fear and dislike of obese people and or obesity. My definition, I'm going to take the obese out because it's a word, it's just an offensive word and not always true. And it's measured, like obesity is measured on a BMI scale that was not made to measure obesity. Um, The person who made it in the late 19th century uh, said we shouldn't be measuring obesity with this scale. So it's out of date. So how we are defining obesity is a problem. So that's a start. So I'm going to add to fat phobia is just the fear or dislike of people who do not fit um, body, societal body norms in said geographical space. Um, Usually, and mainly in America, because that America is super hell bent on people being thin. So that's really what I'm referring to. So fat phobia is something I experience a lot and I am realizing that people don't think that they are fat phobic. So recently Rihanna has gained some weight. Um, and I follow celebrities and I mainly for their looks because I'm inspired, but, and I think she's, I don't think she's gaining that much weight. I see where she's getting a little thicker, you know, um, in her thighs and her face looks a little rounder, people are saying, which I think her face was always very round. And people are calling her fat. And it's, are you serious? Like, Rihanna is still couture model size. What? There was even a time when people were calling Nicki Minaj fat. Or she's kind of championed for having this, like, abnormal body it like an abnormal body amongst like other obviously amongst other models but she's also so i've seen met her in person and i've seen her in person a couple of times she's very thin um her ass is very big and obviously very fake but she's very thin um kim kardashian is another person who gets championed with like having this like abnormal thick body um and she's also very thin. And these, anyway, my point is, is that these people become like, almost, almost like, um, I, I can't find the word for it, but like, they become like unsolicited faces of like body positive movements because they're, they don't fit like the, you know, societal body norm, but that's bullshit and they are really thin women who can still fit into all of the designers designs um they don't have problems getting into Balmain and Givenchy and all of the things so sorry you don't get to be fat like that's not how that works so that's the thing so on my way here um I I like got on the well so I was in I got on the train first but of course, the MTA sucks, so then I had to get into Uber. But when I first got on the train, uh, I sat down. Like, it was just, it was empty. It was just me. I sat down. And I'm, like, kind of, like, 
I don't know. I'm in a really good mood. So, you know, so I when I'm in a good mood, I feel like I make more eye contact with people when I'm on the train or I don't know. Like I'm I'm just more like chippy. I don't know. So I have to stop saying I don't know. Um, I'm just more chippy. So I'm on the train and some I get on the train and it's just like me and like four other people on the car. And then the, it goes to the next stop and some more people get on and someone sits maybe um, a seat away from me. And the train goes again and it we go to another stop and someone tries to sit in between me and another person. So there's a, a bunch of seats on this train. and But the person decides today that they want to sit between me and this person. I don't even have an issue. I, you know, scoot over as much as I can. There's really not much space. But because I'm on an end seat, you know, it's like that little bar. So I got a little space, you know, like to almost spill out of the seat which I don't usually like doing because it's, I did pay almost $4 to get on this train to get a whole seat, but I'm gonna move over for you. So the person gets, sits down and like does a little wiggle thing. And so that annoys me when you try to wiggle into the spot, because if you're trying to wiggle into the spot, that means you do not fit. And so she takes her head for, I look at her, like I give her, I cut my eyes at her. Like if looks could kill, she'd be dead. And I take my headphone out and I'm like, what's up? Like, and the lady takes her headphone out and she's like, well, if you wasn't this big, I would be able to fit. Okay, so stop. I'm going to just, let's just pause scene, call it scene, right? Things like that don't usually happen to me that directly. When I'm experiencing like someone, some type of fat phobic encounter it's never that direct so the naya before it happened prior i almost slapped the shit out this bitch like somebody ever do, does that to me on the train i probably would you know that would have probably been my disposition like i'm definitely gonna slap the shit out of her then when it happens to you i was really in more shock than anything else i i was like what and she was like, and she just gave me a look and then put her headphone back in. And the whole time I'm sitting there, like, I just couldn't stop thinking about it. And I, maybe I have anger issues, but I really wanted to hit her. Like, I really wanted to hit her because, you, like, you came and sat next to me. And you didn't have to. That's one. There were so many seats. You didn't have to. You had, you, it was just a disgust. I was mad. I was, and I, my feelings was hurt because I was like, there's, the man sitting next to you is bigger than me. And you, you didn't dare say anything to him about scooting over, moving over. This nigga got bags in the seat, all types of stuff. There's a million other seats on this car you could have sat in. And mainly it was like, you didn't need to say that. You could have just said, you could have said, you could have said, do you have any more space to move over? You could have just got up. So, and... So my feelings was hurt by it. And I and granted, I'm a sensitive person. And, but my feelings don't usually get hurt when people make... Uh, like fat jokes or whatever because it's usually like a reflection of like you and not me but my feelings was hurt particularly now because i know she's probably a person um i'm gonna say she was a latina girl um lady because she she's older than me she's like probably in her 40s um she looked like she was in her 40s food shopping for kids and shit like yeah she didn't she didn't look super young because she was young we would have fought like that's 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 the type of anger that i had and I'm going to say that I'm doing really good because even when I came in here to record just now, Ben couldn't even tell something's wrong with me. Like I was, I was, I'm, I'm, I'm in a really good mood. The sun does that to me. And she's a lucky because it had it been raining, she probably would have died on that car. 
And so anyway, my feelings was really hurt because I know she's probably a person who doesn't think she's fatophobic. She's probably a person who has uh, thick or fat people in her family that she says things like that to all the time and probably laughs it off because people think that they can laugh stuff like that off. And she probably is offending people and hurting feelings and like really diminishing people's confidence because I don't know, I th- she just ha- thinks she has the right to talk to people or not even people talk to fat people that way because we are always the, we as fat people are always the target of like, of people's jokes. It's, we're the scapegoat. Main, nine times out of 10 because we, nine times out of 10 we're the scapegoat because people don't, people see being fat as a choice and don't see it as like, they see fat people as people who should who should go to the gym and do all of these things. and But they also see us as people who don't take care of themselves, as, as lazy people, incompetent people. Like, so many th- other things come with being fat. I don't even think it's from under, other countries because I think here, I've, I've experienced those things here. Like, people, if I walk into a place as the fat girl, I'm, usually people think I'm funny, but they don't think I have anything, like, smart to say. And I don't think it's, like, obviously people are not saying that outright, but it's usually, like, I don't know, it's just a, you have to be kind of be fat to understand, because sometimes, like, kind of how you have to be black to understand, like, it's, I can just, I can just tell that people think less of me because I'm fat. The way people refer, like, you know, reference me, like, if it's, if someone says to you, I'm, I'm a pretty bitch, so if someone says to my, say, let's say I'm single, somebody says to my friends, which has happened to me before, oh, like, put me on with one of your, like, you know, like, one of your good-looking friends or whatever. I have been sitting in places where people have skipped over me and have their pretty friend is usually their, like, light-skinned, skinny friend who they put their said friend on with. And is that because the person asked you for a light-skinned, skinny person or they said put me on with a pretty friend? How we're defining pretty all of my friends aren't black, but in this particular situation, I'm talking, I am talking about a black friend of mine. So you're not, you did not not put him on me because I was black. There were points when I was single and people, you know, someone would say to someone like, oh, put me on one of your friends or, or always make a point to say pretty friends because I guess, you know, nobody wants to be with the ugly friend. But I also, I qualify as the ugly friend because I'm fat and, and that is fat phobic. The fact that I have to say that there are pretty um, big girls kind gets under my skin because it's like, why do I have to say that to you? It's you automatically don't see that because you see fat first. And that is that's the problem. But I am here to more educate y'all on fat phobia and why it's a very real thing. And I'm I hope you understand why what this woman did on a train said to me on a train why is a fat phobic thing would i don't i don't think anybody would if i was thin and there was still no space what would would she have said she she probably would have maybe asked me to move over nicely or she probably would have gotten up you know what i mean there is a there is a certain kind of confidence that she had to disrespect me and it happens often this is how we get fat jokes 
This is how we get people trying to ban fat marriage, which is a very real thing. I am going to do an episode on that. I was I watched a documentary on it. Um, I watched a, a documentary on fatness recently, and the documentary is by a um a girl. Her name is I want to say Lindsay. I'm finding it now. Um, I will get the name of the girl who made this um documentary on fatness, but she was first of all she was receiving death threats about making a documentary on fatness, like phone calls, emails, um, people showing up to her home, like it was a real thing because she was fat. It's no, it's no other reason for them to be doing, doing this. Um, it's no other reason for people to be threatening her, threatening to kill her other than the fact that she's fat and she made a documentary about fatness. What is the repugnance with fatness? That's my thing. I don't, I really, I don't get it. And I, obviously I don't get it because I'm fat, but I also don't get it just as a human being, being that, being that offended by someone else's body type or somebody else's weight. It's an thing. It is an American thing because in there is an excerpt from Americana, which is one of my favorite books by um, Chimanda Adiche. And in the excerpt, she's talking about um, not ever feeling fat until she gets to America. Like at home, she was never fat. And I, I don't even want to fuck up where she's from, but I'm going to say Nigeria there's a part in the book where she is talking about like being in the grocery store and the cashier making a comment about the stuff that she was like a comment about her body and the stuff that she was getting, like the groceries she was buying. And I'm like, this is a very American thing, but America is what I know. I'm American. So I, this is why I'm like socialized to kind of look at things I'm kind of hypersensitive to it because it's like there's never been a time when I've gone somewhere and my fatness hasn't been literally the elephant in the room. <laughs> it's it, it's a thing. Like if I am, if I, I get anxiety about going out with certain friends because if I'm, if it's, if I'm going to go out with a group of 10 women and I'm the only fat woman, I get anxiety about it. I still do it because that's just you know that's who i am and i'm like i'm gonna always put on for big girls that's what i do but i get anxiety about it because now i know like this what kind of night this is gonna be i'm it's the it's i'm the fat friend like and if i if there is a situation where people are gonna pair off with people i'm nine times i'm gonna take one for the team because i i don't that's just how it works. I wish I had more of an explanation. I got to date the ugly friend. Or I got to talk to the ugly friend. I got to keep him company. Yeah, and no, it does. Because even with, I think, I think with fat guys, it's a little different because fat guys kind of symbolize money. So fat guys usually i think they usually do okay in that department like when they go out with the guys they don't end up taking up taking one for the team but the ugly friend the ugly guy friend kind of kind of like the ugly girlfriend has to they will be the one who has to take one for the team but here's the thing about being the ugly okay if it's a group of 10 women there's one fat girl me and then let's say there's an ugly girl um, which I, 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 it's hard to kind of define that 
because I don't want to call anybody ugly, but we all have that friend, okay. I guess, who's a little, like, uh, challenged. Whoa. I don't think I have that friend, but it happens. Like, I don't know. There's a, it happens. You get a girl who's like, like huh? Yeah, she tries. She really does. Or she can really slay, but there's, like, some things that's not, like, she might be, like, has a, have a lazy eye or something. I don't know. Something like that. You know what I mean? Is this such thing? But I'm, I'm fine. If, you could be, we could be friends if you have a lazy eye. I'm good with it. Shit, I used to have a friend in junior high school with a lazy eye. Her name is Krista. Um, and we were good. In my experience, I... First of all, I don't like to get chose anyway, so it's not my it's not really my thing. But <laughs> Ben likes to get chose, so if you're listening, please hit up Ben at Ben Shot It. I don't like to really get chose anyway, but at the time of the pickings, I am usually last, and when I and even in being last, I'm not even really chose. It's a thing where I have to be. Everybody is, everybody's going to make this one move. They're probably going to go to a dude's house and I'll hang out or something. And if everyone is paired off, then, well, I need a partner now, don't I? So I am matched with the friend who has a girlfriend or the friend who is, you know, ugly. The friend who doesn't talk much. The friend who talks too much. The friend who is sexually aggressive problem the friend who is for lack of better words fucking mute and will not say words to me at all and i'm wondering i'm like will he not say words to me because i'm fucking fat right here like i'll make a fucking joke and niggas be like you know people do that smile and then their face go back to bitch sitting bitch face and i'm like me being fat is that big of a deal for you right now and I've even had people, like, I've even been in places where I've heard people, like, whisper it to their friend, like, you really gonna leave me here with this fat bitch? Like, oh, shit. Well, I'm gonna get my Uber, and I'm gonna go. Because, and, and, and I feel, and honestly, you're not a real friend if you let your ugly or fat friend go home alone. If we all don't roll out, you can consider our friendship over. You're fat phobic, too. I don't, I don't want to say I have a lot of friends who are fat phobic. But I be watching y'all Twitters and y'all just prove yourselves all the time. And I just be so disappointed because I think, I would think if you have a friend like me who, who is an advocate for like body positivity and fatness, you would ask me questions. You would ask me questions. You would, instead of like, you know, tweeting about it or there was a tweet that maybe I was being sensitive, but here's even more to to the fat phobia point there's a tweet that said uh something about women with like women with good waistlines are elite first question what's a good waistline if i had to define it it's the it's the waistline with the bitches who put the beads around them they waist let me go back there was a tweet that said so the tweet said Girls with that fire waistline. Someone retweeted said the elite women of the world. Not the elite women of the world because that's forcing it. Forcing it. Absolutely. 
But they are considered elite two fat women. It's if you think like that, you're fat phobic. If it wasn't true, there would be more fat women on runways. There would be more fat women on billboards. If that was true, it'd be more fat women on TV. And I'm not saying those things defined you being elite, but there's no representation. And if you if something is elite, there's representation for it. Like how many how many fat actresses you know other than Gabby? I would love to live off of like individual individual people's you know perceptions right on a bigger scale on a societal scale because that's really what i want this podcast to do to look at things like on a societal level on a societal level fat women and i'm mainly speaking for fat women because i think fat men have a different experience i'm gonna have my fathers both of them on to talk about it but for fat women we do come like second best and i know for for a lot of people they're like that can't be true because this body positive this body positive movement is a very like new one and it's kind of robust and it's kind of moving quickly but it's still a very small percentage of people it's not like you have the Gabby Freshes who's a plus size blocker you have the Ashley Grams who's not fat and sidebar Ashley Graham made a comment like last week on some shit like uh sometimes I feel fat You've been making money off of being fat. Sometimes you feel fat. How offensive, bitch, you not? What? Bitch, you, like, here's the title of the episode. I don't feel fat. I am fat. And for you to say things like, I feel fat, is if, do you feel fabulous, bitch? That's what I want to know. Do you feel fabulous? Because I'm fat and fabulous. That's how I feel. And, but when someone says something like, I feel fat, it's not usually a good connotation and with the summer coming i have all of those in my inbox with fr- like my friends like oh i feel fat if you don't get the fuck on my inbox but it's not like i know in their heads they're like this is not like a harmful thing but it's like bitch yeah it is because for you to say i feel fat and for me to be fat and you know i'm your fat friend so what are you saying and, and nobody thinks about it like that and i'm not fat phobic yeah. yeah you are yeah, you are. You're fat phobic. It's kind. It's like someone. It's like when people say this. Someone said the other day. Uh, I'm just gonna do trigger warning for this uh, racial slur. It's like when so- someone said the other day, like being Mexican is like being a nigger. Wow. I was. I. I. I was baffled. And I was like, wait, what? being called Mexican is like being called a nigger is what is what the phrase was. So I was like, as a nigger, what are you saying? Bitch, are you resilient? Are you strong? That's that's my thought process. When someone says that, I'm like, that sounds crazy. it sounds crazy. And I'm also the way I'm defining nigger and blackness for me, because that's really what you're saying. It's like being called black. Right. And being called black for me is resilience. It's culture. It's colorful. It's vibrant. It's a compliment for me. So when people say it and they like, yeah, like, you know, have, you know, shrug their shoulder or, you know, put their nose up to it on a uh, bourgeoisie shit, I'm like, bitch, please, you want to be black. If somebody calls you black, bitch, you better rejoice. And that's how, and usually when someone says something about me being fat, I I have 
made it a practice to rejoice because it's like that is really who I am. I am a fat person, girl. Like you can't you can't offend me. You know what I mean? But when you try to um when you try to offend me and you try to be rude, I just when you try to offend me and try to be rude, it usually doesn't bother me. But but today it bothered me because I I don't know. I don't know. It just it just triggered me today. And I was like, I am going to do a whole podcast about it because it happens often. And I know it's happening to people. I know it's happening to girls younger than me. I know it's happening to girls between the ages of like five and 12. And it's coming from like their parents and it's coming from their siblings and it's coming from their best friends who have their best interest at heart. Like I get this shows so much of my growth, but that's where my mind went. And I'm thinking like, yo, how many people does she come in contact with a day? She says stuff like this too. Recently, one of my um, really good friends had contacted me about a younger sister of hers who's fat. And um, she contacted me about like, she is living in a house with fat, um, where people are fat phobic. And she's, she's like asking me like, what do I do? What do I tell her to read? And I, I'm sitting looking at my phone like, girl, I don't know. And I thought about like, well, okay, I'm doing something right because people are coming to me for these things. So that felt really good. But I also was like, at tw- like at 11 or 12 years old, like there's some things, certain things you just can't prevent because kids are cruel. But we're also socializing our kids to think that fat people are disgusting. We're socializing our kids to be fat phobic. Like you, I can't tell you how many times people told me to lose weight. I can't tell you how many times, and it's not coming from just my peers. It's coming from adults who know me and don't know me. Um, it's coming from teachers and teachers' aides. It's coming from lunch ladies. It's coming from people in PTA. It's coming from my fucking physician, okay? It's to lose weight and all of my other health problems will go away, which is not true. A lot of times what I'm finding, and even research has been showing this, one, I get anxiety about going to the doctor because I don't want this whole session to be you telling me to lose weight. I am not at risk for diabetes. My cholesterol is perfect. Um, my heart is great. I don't have knee, back, or ankle problems. Technically, I'm in perfect health other than the fact that I'm fat. And you won't... Technically, I have perfect health other than, other than the fact that I'm fat. And... My physician won't get over that. And if I do have something more wrong with me, I feel like she would never know because I'm telling you my doctor's visits is a couple of like her touching like points that should hurt because I'm a certain weight and me going and I'm like, are we going to do a um, some type of ex- like other exams? Like, do I have like, are you going to check my breast? Are you going to take uh, like some type of blood or piss test to make sure I don't have any of these STDs or any of these things? Like there's other things that are more important that doctors and physicians and other professionals don't get to with fat people because they're focused so much on them being fat. And they're and if and it's really because it's repugnant to them. And that's fat phobic. There you there's a because you really don't care 
outside of my physicians, people don't really don't care about my health, right? But people make I don't huh? I'm sure they do. Who? No, no, no. I'm I'm going to explain. No, there are people who care about my health, I'm sure, and my well-being. But I, people who are usually saying you need to lose weight don't care or not exactly don't care about my health. It's just the thing like they don't know what else to say. Because hardly ever do I am I called um ugly. I'm called fat, but I'm never really called ugly. Um, I'm called short, but it's not an off- it's not offensive. You know what I mean? Like the most offensive thing people think people think they can say to me is calling me fat. And right there, you that makes you fatphobic, because you kind of have you're disgusted by it. You wouldn't you wouldn't say it to me. You wouldn't say it to me to be rude if you wasn't disgusted by it. People are disgusted by ugly people. That's why they call them ugly. Because they are disgusted by it. That makes you fatphobic. It's and I and I feel like it's really that simple, but it's not, I guess. So even and in one of the things in America that I get really, really um upset about is people talking about fatness but not changing anything about society. I live in a projects in Dykeman and I live in a food desert. Most of this is classified as a food desert. Um most of most of the obese people you guys talk about all the time or the fat people you guys talk about all the time, most of us do. Um but America as a whole doesn't champions freaking greasy and unhealthy lifestyle and food all the time. All the time. And you are you you got a nerve to call me fat? Well, if there's a McDonald's every three blocks until I get to the train station and not one farmer's market. I can't get a fucking apple from nowhere. You'd be fat too. But nobody thinks about that. Also, studies have shown that most of the women living in America right now are about a size 14. But the clothing industry will not change the like the parameters of whatever to fit that they're still trying to squeeze us into sizes 12 and down like all of those things are fat phobic you know that most of the women in the country where you make most of your money can't fit your clothes things like Lay and bryant torrid um fuck fashion nova curve does it the greatest the greatest I love Fashion Nova Curve because they just make everything in bigger sizes. If they make it in a small, they make it in a 4X2. It's really not that hard. And Fashion Nova Curve gets it. They get it. Fat women want to be trendy. I think they're really doing it because it's because they are getting a lot of capital from it. Because there's a whole market for it. That's one. But they're also like, this body positive movement is trending like fuck. And how much more could it cost us to make it in a 4X? When I'm talking about fat folk, I'm talking about all types of fat. I'm talking about the fat women with the rolls and the and a stomach that pokes out. The fat woman whose fat leans to the side. The fat woman without the stomach and got all legs and thighs. I'm talking about the fat women that's like, that got all arms and all titties, no bottom. Like, I'm talking about all fat women because they all, we all get shamed, shamed differently. And some of us are like championed over others, like don't. Obviously, the the fat woman with more legs and thighs and a flat stomach is more ideal. 
than the other, but that's not to say that she doesn't also get discriminated against because she's fat. And some who she can also be in perfect health. I need people to realize that fat people can be in perf- perfect health. Um, and I guess, like, I don't really know what y'all have been learning about obesity, but every fat person is not obese. Here we go. So the name of the girl who did the documentary, her name is Lindsay Averill. Averill? I'm pretty sure she's white. Um, but, she, yeah, she's been getting phone calls and death threats for doing a fat documentary. And people still doubt that fat phobia exists. I, I really don't get it. Here are the main points, right? Fat phobia hurts in more ways than just, like, someone's confidence, right? It's, I really think, like, people, I know, I know, and statistics show, I know from experience and statistics statistics show that fat people don't get the right, um, the right, like, healthcare when they go see their physicians, mainly because their people are, their physicians and professionals are focused on them being fat, that's one. Two, don't talk to me about fatness until America starts to do something about um, the food in this country. Lunch food in America is horrible. Um, And there are even people who pay to eat the disgusting lunch that are served in schools. And after you've been in school for eight hours and you're hungry, don't talk to me about salad. I want a burger. Because I didn't eat for eight hours because the food in school is disgusting. So that's two. Three, which I think is the most important part, is that, well, no. Three is that the fashion industry still will not curve, literally. Like, you won't will not curve to fit women with curves. So, fuck y'all. And four, fat people are... Fat people are really fair game for any kind of humiliation or disrespect that people have to dish out and I like people don't believe me but as a fat person I am insulted regularly but because I have like I live a practice of loving my body it it bothers me a whole lot less but when you are 12 13 14 15 16 years old still trying to figure out who you are in the world still trying to figure out how you fit how you fit in or trying to even create a lane of your own it's it doesn't you probably have not developed language or a practice to love your body how i have but we are all insulted so regularly and i think and i'm i'm not even gonna go through the levels of insults but just know that saying something to saying saying something like oh like you know even because people like to say well I was saying it all like you know in love and in 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 uh I don't even know what is what what, what the phrase is when people are trying to say things like innocently or yeah I guess in love and you say something like oh like you know if you like lost you know twenty pounds that would look really good on you there's nothing inspirational about that. Because I thought I looked like the shit in this. And now you said that and now I might feel some type of way. Now, not me personally, but you say that to like a friend of yours who you don't know is struggling with um, struggling with f- their fatness because fat people can only talk to other fat people about stuff like that. Like, 
Well, and not only because you do have other people who, I'm not going to say, I'm going to take that back. I'm going to recant that. Fat people, I feel the most comfortable talking to other fat women about the fat phobia I experience because they know firsthand. Talking to people who don't know about it firsthand, it's a lot of like, it's a lot of questions and a lot of like, are you sure that that's why they did that? Are you sure it's because you're fat? Yeah, bitch, I'm sure. Um, I want to wrap up the fatophobic point. Something I get hit with a lot of times is uh, fat women are not my personal preference. Let me make something clear. There's a difference between personal preference and cultural norms. And a lot of y'all don't know the difference. So you can... It's a cultural norm in America, a cultural construct in America, kind of like race, that, like race, but not race. I don't want to um, conflate the two, but it's, it's, it's important to say for people to understand this correctly. Um, personal preferences are related more to cultural norms. Um, th- than people think it's a cultural norm in america for us to see thin usually white um white women attractive in whatever form they come so even if the person is like slim thick and exotic that that is seen to be attractive in america because they they are as close to whiteness as it gets they fit the you know conventional body standards that um we are held to in america and they have like a flair of like foreign in them so it's you get all of the worlds in one and people think like people are basing their personal preferences off of our cultural norms and our like and the things that our culture american culture when i say culture favors and let's think that like in well we don't even think about it but let's do know that in some cultures being fat is attractive mainly in african cultures like fat women also like fat men in america represent wealth health happiness things that y'all in America swear fat people don't have and the only reason fat people aren't happy or shit even wealthy in America fat women is really who I'm referring to is because of American cultural norms it has nothing to do with personal preference it has nothing to do with my choices in life at all it has more to do with the, this cultural construct um, that America constructed and swears by and we all live by um, at some point it's a subcon like we subconsciously live by those things but um, after I mean I don't know I feel like if you go and be woke be woke about everything and really do your research and um, do your research and stay true to your uh, wokeness, <laughs> um, which a lot of y'all aren't fucking woke. So drop it, honestly. But that is the last thing I wanted to say about that. Like your personal preference is informed by cultural norms. So fuck out of here with that. Thanks.
So that's that. <laughs> but on um, a happier note, um, dating while fat this week. Actually, I don't think this is actually too happy of a story. But I I wanted to originally I wanted to talk about first dates, and a lot of people take their first dates in the summer. So this story is one of my. Uh, one of the one of the like very first dates I've actually you know was asked on and it was in the summer um I've like went to eat out with a lot of people but it's never really been considered a date but I was actually asked on this date so um a couple years back in the summer a dude who's been um on me since like the sixth grade and my number hasn't changed since the sixth grade so people always know how to find me he was on me or whatever since the sixth grade. So I want to say I might have been a sophomore in college, going to be a sophomore in college or something like that or a junior. I can't remember. And he hit me up and he's like, let's hang out. And I'm like, sure. Like, you know, why? Actually, I think that's that was the first question. And he was like, you know, like, I've, you know, I've liked you since X, Y, and Z. Like, I feel like it's time or whatever. Basically, he, like, been waiting, you know, seven years kind of to ask me on this date. So I'm like, okay, yeah, let's do it. Because if you, if you wait seven years to ask somebody on a date, you would, you think they're going to show up prepared and ready. Like, like, it's going to be the the best date of my life, right? No. So he wants to he's like where should we go and i'm like well you're planning today just plan it and i'll show up but i'm gonna tell you places we shouldn't go um and i gave him a list and then on it was a friday or i think or a saturday i'm lying it might have been a sunday it was a day i don't remember (laughs) um and he texts me the address of the place and i recognize it and i am um looking at like i'm like i could have sworn i told you like this is not one of the places we should go but i'm thinking maybe at first he texted me a different address so i'm like thinking well maybe he's trying to surprise me i'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt because he's waited seven years for this so i'm like he's not gonna fuck this up you can't meet this up (laughs) like right so i get there it's this place called patrol mexicana on um on 43rd and 9th avenue and I told him, like, this is not a good place to go because it's loud in there. It's not a good first date. Like, we all will be talking. It's like talking through headphones. It's so loud in there. It's it's really bad. But, of course, we there anyway. I get there. First of all, he's like, hi. And I I don't mind people who smoke weed. I smoke weed. But if on a first date, you shouldn't be high. And granted, we had been friends before, but we're not operating as friends right now, are we? This is not a platonic thing. You're taking me on a date. This is romantic. So not he's high and we sit down and I can see it in his face and like his whole energy is very lackluster. So I'm kind of annoyed because I'm like, I had shit to do today. Um, or not, maybe I didn't even have shit to do. I just could have been doing different things or other things. That's one. Two, I, you took me to a place I told you I didn't want to come to. So you kind of effed it up right there. Secondly, you're high. So your energy is really low and you don't seem excited to be here. So I'm offended. Um, but whatever. I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt since I've known him for so long. So we sit down, we eat, 
Um, we both got tacos. They have a slamming salmon taco. Okay, slamming. Um, and a slamming henny sangria. So I had two henny sangrias. Um, sorry. Um, I had two henny sangrias. I had tacos. He had two drinks. Tacos. Boom. We leave there. We go sit in this like little romantic courtyard and we like smoke. Um, so here's where he fucked up again. So we're sitting there smoking and he starts to like touch me. Like he tries to like do more than put his arm around me. It's kind of like, uh, like he's trying to like, I think he thought like, oh, we did the date part and he paid for it. And this is also another reason why I can't stand dating men because he pays for it. And now he's like, I feel like he thought it was like open season to start groping me. Whatever. So we like smoking and he touches me. I'm like, don't do that. And he's like, well, why not? I've like touched you before. And I've like, and every time you've done it before, I've told you don't do that. Like, I don't do that. Like, don't, it's just, you don't get access to me because you pay for the date. Right. Boom. You don't get access to me for any reason other than I'm like, hey, you want to touch? That's That's it. So whatever. I have to, we smoke and we we don't really talk. Like the whole day, I feel like we don't really talk. So I'm really annoyed because I'm like, for someone who waited for this day for seven years, you definitely showed up unprepared. And in my head, I'm like, would you show up to your finals this unprepared? Would you show up to anything that you've waited seven years for this unprepared? I, I guess he would. So I have to go up t- back uptown and i'm like do you want to get in the uber with me i was going to pay for the uber i had no problem with that um or i guess it wasn't an uber back then whatever some kind of cab i'm not sure we're in the car and it had to be some kind of uber I really can't know. It couldn't have been because I didn't even have Uber for that long. So it was a cab. We're in a cab. We're driving uptown or whatever. He's fine. We don't really talk in a cab. Whatever. No big deal. I'm over it already. Like, I mean, you're good. Like, he's, a, he's, I mean, I guess he's a decent friend. Like, I don't mind, like, hanging out, like, saying hi. I don't know. He's just a decent friend. It wasn't that serious. We are on 125th Street. He tells the Uber driver to pull over. And he pukes for 15 minutes. It's like he didn't even chew his food. Like, just chunks of the food are just coming out. Pukes. So, I am like, what a way to end a fucking date. This is a disaster. So, I take the cab, and I ask him, does he want to get out here? Because it's closer to where he needs to go. And he's like, no, I'll ride with you all the way home. And I'm like, okay. He rides with me home. Um, when we get in front of my building, it's awkward because I'm not touching you because you just puked. And he's like, the second date will be, and I'm like, there will be no second date. And he's like, I promise it'll be better. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, this one should have been better. You contacted me for a date that you flunked, that you got an F on, on purpose. Why would I go on a second date? It just doesn't, it didn't, it doesn't make sense. You took me to a restaurant I told you not to take me to. You showed up high. So come to find out later on after the date, I found out that he smoked two blunts prior to meeting me. No, no, no. Pr- right, like right prior to meeting me. Like, like these are my 
he faced two blunts. Yeah, he faced two blunts prior to meeting me. We had had two drinks apiece. We smoked a blunt after. So you're three blunts in today. Two drinks. You you were you're fucked up. Like you're pretty you're pretty uh smacked here. And nothing in your right mind told you, like, I probably shouldn't smoke because my energy is going to be low. And I think that's what annoyed me the most. I don't even think the throwing up annoyed me that much. It was more that you threw up after the, all the other shitty things. And he made a joke at the table, like, you got to pay half the bill. So I said, I'll be right back. And he's like, where are you going? And I'm like, I'm leaving. And he was like, I'm joking. I'm like, okay. Just so you know, if you're not joking, I'm leaving. <laughs> he's like, nah, I'm playing with you. I'm like, okay. But... It just was like, and it wasn't a date from hell because he didn't say much. And I ate for free and I drank for free. But it was like, do better. Um, so he still gets an F. And I mean, I'll probably, I probably will see him at some point during the summer because sometimes he comes to the tournament. And I'm sure he's going to keep trying this date thing, but it's a dub. So some advice. If you're going to take somebody on a first date... Make it good, because first impression, I feel like that's, like, in the rule book on the first page. First impressions are everything. I, I, re- I, first impressions are everything. I can't stress that enough. Um, especially if you wait years to take somebody on a date, make sure it's good. Because they've been telling you no for a reason, and finally they say yes, and you still flunk. So, that's that. And I mean... I'm sure he would still love to take me on a date, but I'm over him. Or I don't even know if I ever really liked him. Um, But I know, like, dates are like free meals. So why would I pass up a free meal? I wouldn't. (laughs) I wouldn't. (laughs) Um, So this week on Why Are White People This Far Uptown, Katy Perry, um... I'm going to just say Katy Perry. I think we all have have seen her last two singles, Swish and Something Else with Food in the video featuring Migos. Um, and then Swish featuring Nicki Minaj. Both very hip hop. Um, she got the cultural appropriation cut. The like spiky rock star here. Um, well, yesterday I seen a video of her crying about being Katy Perry, which I... That's it. Like, I am tired of white. White people always going white. And something we need to... Something we need to realize as a characteristic of white people. And when I say white people, I'm saying white systems. Because I have white friends who listen to this who get really sensitive about it. Um, And I'm not here for your tears. I love y'all. But I'm not here for y'all tears. Um, But I'm talking about white systems that y'all are inculcated in. So, this isn't personal. But when you do these things, you should check them. And that's what checking your privilege looks like. FYI. We need to, a characteristic of white people and white systems is conquering. And we need to just know that. It's one, it's the reason why, why are white people this far uptown is even a segment. They feel the need to habitually overstep boundaries in a bad way. Come into spaces that they are not welcomed. And I don't... Nicki Minaj um, 
and even Migos at this point, because they've gone so mainstream, don't get to invite people to the cookout no more. Because they're skewed by mainstream fame and money. And what and you, I'm not going to say they're out of touch with the culture because that's not what I think it is. But I think you have to abide by certain, uh, certain, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a word that means systems. Okay. So I don't think that Migos and Nicki Minaj, Nicki Minaj is a little out, out of touch with the culture, but and Migos is on their way, way there, mainly because they abide by a mainstream apparatus that says there's certain parts of your, I'm going to just say a blackness that you got to shed to be here. And that, and that shedding is doing music with Katy Perry. And why is Katy Perry this far uptown? Why are you doing, I don't even mind uh, pop stars collabing with, Pop stars collabing with hip hop artists. You don't have to become a hip the hip a hip hop artist to collab with a hip hop artist. You don't have to take their culture. You don't have to try to dance like us. You don't have to try to dab. You don't have to try to. You don't have to try to do any of those things. And Katy Perry, like all of her predecessors, do it. And that's the difference between culture appreciation and culture appropriation. So why are white people this far uptown? Katy Perry, someone needs to send you packing. But there's no but. Katy Perry, somebody needs to send you packing. You have an amazing voice, babe. I love Katy Perry's voice, but I don't have to listen to you. I won't lose sleep. Trust me. So can I outro now? Um, so I hope you learned something today from this podcast. Uh. Don't walk around being a bigot and fat phobic. It's rude. And then you're going to get the shit slapped out of you. Now that I've come here and vent on the podcast about it, I'm liable to probably slap somebody on the train now. Because I got it off my chest. And it's in the public for you to know. I'm not the one to try. So that's that. So this is Broken Bougie the Podcast. I am the fat, fabulous, and funny. Nay, the great. And thank you for listening. I will be back here next week.